Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. I got a little bit of a cold today, so I kind of sound like Luther Vandross, but I'll take it. Uh, we hope everybody that's watching uh, <clears throat> or potentially reading, because we have captions now on the show, that you're having a fabulous day somewhere here in Alaska. And uh, we want to thank everybody that donates to Must Read Alaska. We pretty much survive off those donations. We're not funded by any huge, big multinational conglomerate or huge uh, sums of dark money. We are funded literally by five, 10, 50, $100 donations at a time. And so I want to thank everybody who did, who does donate and who has donated in the past. Uh, your, your gift helps keep the lights on literally around here. So thank you so much. And if you want to donate, you can just go to mustreadalaska.com on the right-hand side there. <clears throat> There's a donate button. And if you listen uh, to our podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review. If you have iTunes, you don't even have to write anything. You can just click on five stars and that leaves us a review, which we really, really appreciate. And uh, if you like to use apps on your phone, whether it's the Apple Store or the Android Store, you can just go to that app store, type in Must Read Alaska, and our app is right there. We've had a phenomenal, huge <clears throat> excuse me, month at Must Read Alaska. Just on Facebook alone, we've reached about 45 million people this last month, which is huge for not only just a brand in Alaska, but probably any brand all over the U.S. And uh, we've doubled our website uh, page views in the last year. So that's, uh, you know, most folks would die for 100%, 200% growth. We're experiencing that. Seems to be on a yearly basis. So that's because of you all. So thank you so much. Uh, for being a part of that, the Must Read Alaska family. We really, really appreciate it. But without further ado, I want to welcome our guest, Representative Ron Gillum, onto the Must Read Alaska show. Uh, welcome, Ron. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. It's uh, good to be here. And congratulations well, on your viewership. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. So, Ron, for folks that uh, maybe don't live around your neck of the woods, tell people who you are and what district you represent. Okay, well, I'm Representative Ron Gillum. I'm the sitting representative. Uh, represent District 7, which is basically Soldotna and Kenai. And uh, this would be my second term if I can get reelected, which I'm planning on. So uh, I'm looking forward to going back and serving the people of our two great cities. That's awesome. So this year you have a competitor, uh, Mr. Ruff, Ruffridge. Uh, and uh, how's the campaign going so far? I know the primary just kind of got done with. Give us a recap of how that went and how the campaign's going so far this summer. Well, on the during the primary, I really didn't do, didn't do a whole lot and leading up to the primary. I didn't want to spend all my money for what was basically going to be a poll. So I didn't do a whole lot. Um, my opponent spent a lot of money to win that poll. And now between the primary and the general, I'm doing a lot more. I'm getting more signs out. Uh, we're doing phone calls, uh, knocking on doors, going to lots of different events. Um, just 
basically we started a an all-out campaign since the primary. So there's only two of us. I know there's a lot of talk about the ranked choice voting does not affect my race. Um, and even during the primary, it only affected three races. And that was the governor, District 35, and um, the congressional race. And uh, But now, you know, like I said, in my district, it didn't affect me at all. So I didn't really want to spend a lot of money on what basically was a poll. Um, so, like I said, we are in full-fledged campaign mode now, and uh, you're going to see even a lot more of me. And if, if somebody sees me around town, stop and talk to me. Um, and we're going to have an event every week somewhere in, in Soldatna or Kenai. So, uh, you know, stay on Facebook. Um, you can go to Representative Ron Gillum or uh, Ron Gillum for House. It's on Facebook. And look and see where we're going to be and come and visit with us. So uh, I appreciate that. Did did you have any uh, uh, after the primary? Did you think to yourself, "Crap, <laughs> I should have spent a little money," or or are you okay with where you're at and kind of just moving full fledged, you know, 120 miles an hour from now to the election day? Well, when I looked at the results around the state, I, I did. I thought, "Wow, that was kind of dumb to not not uh, get out there and campaign." But then I looked at the other races around the state. And when I saw Mike Shower was down as much as I was, I kind of thought, well, something's going wrong because he's probably one of the best senators this state's ever had. And yet he was losing by the same percentage as I was. So I, I didn't feel quite as bad, but I thought we have to now it's time to campaign. Same thing. He doesn't have the rank choice, doesn't affect him. And I noticed now he is doing the same as I am, and we are 110 miles an hour going forward. So we just have to get the same, uh, the conservatives that we had down there and add a few more. And we have quite a few good conservatives running in different districts around the state. Um, I truly believe that we are going to take control of the House, and I'm hoping we can take control of the Senate. That one's the one that's scary. So your opponent, one of the, uh, he was on this, uh, I think he uh, was on the city um, of Soldatna City Council. I don't know if he still is or not, but back in 2021, he was. And one of the votes that he did, and I think this happened multiple times, so I could be wrong and I don't have the dates on the other ones, but in August of 2021, there was a vote requiring the masks to be worn for public indoor uh, portions of city-owned buildings and uh, for the city of Soldatna. And he voted for that and, and not only voted for it, but spoke in favor of mask mandates publicly on the record. Uh, um, is this a difference between meaning? A little glitch here. In case, I think where he's spoken publicly in favor of masks. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're kind of a little bit of breaking up, but I can hear you. Okay. Okay, can you hear me? There we can go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, so um, uh, your opponent back in August of 2021 
voted in favor of mask mandates for the city of Soldatna. Um, he was on the city council and he not only voted in favor of mask mandates on that um, public record, but he spoke in favor of it as well. And I believe there's a number of his instances where he um, publicly on the record, um, even outside of that in instance, was in favor of mask mandates to force a mask on city employees um, when he was the city council member and to also force and encourage masks all over the city of Soldatna. What's your thoughts on that? Do you have difference of opinions? Is that a key difference, you know, between you and him in this campaign? It, it is a very big difference. And he did vote to keep people masked and he done it three different times. He also voted twice to extend the emergency declaration, which basically kept businesses closed. Um, even though he is campaigning on uh, medical freedom and keeping businesses open, that's five votes from him that kept kept us in masks and also kept businesses shut down. Every vote that came up in Juneau that was medical freedom, I voted to get rid of the masks. Um, I never believed that they really worked. Uh, I'm sure, you know, in certain cases they might have, but uh, you know that should be our choice. If you want to wear a mask, that's up to you. But government government should not come in and tell us that we have to wear a mask. Um, you know, the, the shot. I am not for the shot. If you want to get it, more power to you. But do not force me to take a, an experimental shot. That, and if I don't, I'm going to lose my job. Now, that is just morally wrong. So, um, you know, our, our stance on medical freedom is, is far from east is from south. So, you know, that that is our choice. What we want to do should be a personal choice. And uh, I said for him to come in and vote, for me to go into a public building, have to wear a mask, and for him to do it three times was just, that was wrong. Yeah, and you know, what I've heard from a lot of people uh, over the last several months is, man, I can't believe that we had mask mandates, you know, in Soldatna or, or wherever it was around Alaska. We even had it, I think we had a mask mandate in the entire state of Alaska for a number of weeks there at the very beginning. And, you know, the folks that are telling me that are saying, I, I would never do that again. I, and if they try to do that again, I'll never do that again. And I think that's what folks have to realize in this race, particularly, is you have at the bare minimum of who these folks represent in their philosophy of government. You have Ruffridge, who will force, who is pro-government forcing mandates on the average person that lives in Alaska. Mask is a metaphor for, you know, for anything under the sun you could think of that, that, um, governments could potentially mandate. He's a guy that voted for that. He's a guy that spoke in favor of that. He's a guy that wants that. And um, and Representative Ron Gillum here is, is telling us and has probably got a record to show for it that um, he's a guy that doesn't want government mandating things in folks' lives. And I appreciate that, Ron. Another distinction possibly between you two um, um, Mr. Ruffridge served on the pharma pharmacy board for the state of Alaska. I think he was appointed by the governor. I could be wrong on that, but, um, and, you know, a lot of talk 
in Alaska, <coughs> excuse me, especially among conservatives and also not only just conservatives, but kind of folks that you would consider hippies, which I appreciate, you know, people that are in, into alternative medicines. Um, the word around town was nobody in Alaska was prescribing it ivermectin and people were going crazy like they would or sorry, people were getting prescribed ivermectin, but pharmacies were not fulfilling the prescription. Now, um, I, I know this to be true for myself. I can't speak, you know, for the masses, but I was prescribed ivermectin and I couldn't find anywhere in Alaska to, you know, fulfill that prescription. I had to go fill it somewhere else. And uh, there's a position statement out there on the state of Alaska um, board of pharmacy that says this, I'm just going to read it. And it's kind of like a FAQ. Uh, the board of pharmacy gives this to pharmacists all over Alaska and it operates as a guide, if you will, for, pharmacists that are trying to navigate the COVID waters. And this is specifically on uh, uh, like a guide towards ivermectin. And it says this, if a patient receives a prescription for ivermectin, am I obligated to fill it? Question mark. And the board of pharmacies answer for this is if after assessing the patient's severity of illness, underlying conditions, drug indicate um, interactions and other considerations to determine the appropriateness of treatment, the pharmacist may choose to fulfill this prescription, but is not obligated to. That's a very key distinction here. Nowhere, I've never been prescribed drugs before ever in the history of my life where a pharmacist doesn't fulfill the prescription. And the Board of Pharmacy is allowing pharmacists here to say, we don't need to fulfill it. And then the next statement is even more discouraging. Pharmacists are encouraged to seriously consider the AMA, APHA, and ASHP's position to strongly oppose the ordering, prescribing, and dispensing of ivermectin to prevent or treat COVID. And so that was their position statement. That was Ruffridge's position statement as a member of the Board of Pharmacy, is to strongly oppose the ordering, prescribing, or dispensing of ivermectin. And so the thing that is frustrating for me, and Ron, I'll shut up here in a second, is you have his campaign out there saying we're the we're the pro ivermectin campaign. We love the fact that you know we were supportive of ivermectin, and I could just say, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, or <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You're not going to pull the wool over our eyes, Ruffridge. We folks that are following politics know that you were the anti ivermectin person. So. Uh, uh, Representative Gillum, what are your thoughts on that? I know that's a big ball of wax, but uh, give us, give me your thoughts. Well, you know, he keeps saying that, oh, I, I, I did prescribe the ivermectin, but I have talked to numerous people that he refused. Um, I know there was one gentleman that was a little overweight and he went in to get it and he was told, well, you have to have a bigger dose. So you have to have a different prescription. He went back, got the prescription, came back and he still wouldn't fill it. So, you know, he keeps saying, oh, I'm pro-ivermectin, but yet he refused to uh, prescribe or to fill the prescriptions. Now, one thing that happened was I introduced a bill that would make it mandatory that if a doctor uh, give you a prescription for any medication, whether it was ivermectin or anything else, that a pharmacist was, would be mandated, would be 
held liable if they did not fill that prescription. Now they could use generic drugs. Um, and if there might've been a typo, they can call a doctor, but they absolutely could not refuse to fill that prescription. After that bill was introduced was when my opponent threw his hat in the ring. So he saw that or somebody saw it and um, got him to run against me for one bill. So, uh, you know, he's, he's not about um, medical freedom. He's about himself and his business. Oh, you're muted. That's interesting, Ron. So tell me, um, you know, what are you hearing on the campaign trail? Are you hearing that that he's been able to kind of sway folks and forget about what happened for the last two years? Or are folks, you know, just getting to know his positions and so his previous positions haven't mattered? What What's the talk on the campaign trail as you're talking to folks are people still caring about what happened during COVID? Are they not caring about what happened during COVID? It's kind of both. He is a very smooth talker. So when he comes up and talks to you, he is a very smooth politician talker. Oh, I am this great guy. I'm this. And when people don't know him, you know, or haven't studied and followed anything, then he can sway them. But for a lot of people, they're going, no, this guy is not who he says he is. And just, you know, and then they'll start pushing towards me. So it's kind of going both directions. Um, you know, we're just going to have to get out there and let people know that uh, we have it all documented. We have, you know, a binder full of stuff. So when we're talking to people, we say, here, this is his votes. This is who he, who he is. This is what he stands for. And this is what he's done. And then I have my voting record against his voting record, which are totally opposite. So we have the facts. It's not hearsay. It's not somebody else's word. This is the facts. And that's where people are starting to take notice. Okay, so um, I want to ask you a, a series of kind of fast questions, Ron, and you can tell me if you're for or against it. Um, uh, small government. Are you for or against small government? I am for small government. Uh, uh, are you for or against uh, big government budgets? I'm against a big government budget. We tried to make a lot of cuts uh, in the last two years, and and uh, we just couldn't do it. So, um, you know, I had bills. We had numerous bills to to make cuts, and it just we couldn't get them through. What about pro life? Are you pro life or not? Pro life. Pro life. What about uh, uh, right to bear arms? Are you, uh, do you own a hundred guns or do you think that somebody should only own a gun if they're going hunting? Well, like the old joke, you know, I used to have a lot of guns, but I lost them all in a boating accident. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I am 100% pro second amendment. Um, without that, without the second amendment, if it goes away, all of our other rights will go away. So I am hundred percent pro second amendment. What about government mandates? Are you for health-related government mandates? I'm against those. Like I said, this should be a personal choice, and uh, the government should not be telling us how to live our life or um, especially how, what kind of medications to take, how to take them. Um, so, yeah, I am against the mandates. 
What about, are you for or against more oil production in Alaska? More. Um, the Pika project, uh, maybe a month ago, decided to go forward. Um, within a couple of weeks of getting to Juneau, my first term down there, I spoke to their representative in Juneau. And uh, he said they were having issues. So we started making phone calls and sending letters, uh, got together with our resources committee, which I said on resources, and we were able to help get that push through. So I am pro more oil. The Pika project is on state land. Federal government cannot stop it like they did the Willow project. What about are you for uh, boys playing in boys sports and girls playing girls sports or are you okay with them? Um, intermixing and having no de definition or defined lines. Uh, well, if you're talking badminton, we can have girls and boys together. <laughs> but, but no, boy sports are for boys and girl sports are for girls. I do not believe that a, a girl can compete, uh, a healthy girl can compete with a healthy male. So I am absolutely against that um, guys in girl sports. And uh, what uh, what uh, my last one of my last questions to you this is this Representative Gillum is what other events are you having between now and the end of the campaign that you can tell us about invite your folks to just so they have a you know mark their calendars and and then how do they get in touch with you do you got you know I know the answers to some of this but Facebook website phone number tell us all the details on all that okay. Well, we are having a meet and greet fundraiser tonight. Uh, Trustworthy Hardware in Soldotna uh, was gracious enough to put together a fundraiser for us. Um, it will be from 6.15 to late 15. There are a lot of items for a silent auction. There'll be pies, cupcakes, um, a handcrafted jewelry box or fly tying box. Um, you know, there, there'll be a lot of items. And uh, we're also going to be having events once a week uh, around Soldotna and Kenai areas. We haven't decided, you know, each one of them will be um, a different spot so people can come and talk to me. Um, I'm, I am fully accessible. Phone number is area code 907-953-6525. And website is um, Gillum for House. And, uh, that's Gillum number four house.com or they can send an email to Gillum4House, and that's F-O-R, at yahoo.com. So Gillum4House at yahoo.com. I will get back to you. If I don't answer the phone, it's because I'm on the phone with somebody else or just, you know, can't answer the phone. But uh, I will be having something every week between now and Election Day. So just kind of watch Facebook. Um, I have Gillum4House on Facebook and my representative page which I don't do any campaigning on my representative page. So it's, uh, if you want to see an event, go to Gillum for house uh, on Facebook, and that will tell you where our next event will be at what time and uh, you know, where the venue is. Nice. Well, I thank you so much for joining us today on the must read Alaska show. And for folks listening, the Kenai Sildotman area, you have, you have a clear distinction here. You have a candidate, uh, Mr. Ruffridge, who is pro government mandates pro the government telling the everyday citizen exactly what they can and cannot do has voted very publicly for that spoken in favor of that and then you have a candidate that is pro freedom 
now there's there's other key differences in these candidates and qualifications and resumes and all that kind of stuff. But essentially that's one of the bare bones, basic differences between these two candidates. And uh, Mr. Ruffridge, if you disagree with me, uh, you know, give uh, must read Alaska, shoot us an email. We, you know, I'd love to have you on the show and you can defend your votes where you forced mandates down uh, everybody's uh, agenda uh, there in Soldatna uh, with them having little to zero say in it. So um, feel free to shoot me an email. I'd love to have you on and have you explain your votes on forced government mandates. Um, and for folks listening, we do have another show here in about four, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. We're having a double header today. So tune in. We're going to hear about the uh, Medical Freedom Symposium that's happening. I think this week uh, we're going to have somebody on that's organizing that here in the next 20 minutes. So until next time, from somewhere in Alaska, I'm John Quick signing off. Thank you, Representative Ron Gillum, for joining us on the Must Read Alaska show. Not, wish you nothing but success on the campaign trail. And uh, until next time, have a good one. Hey, John, can I say one more thing? Yep, yep. Okay. Um, my opponent has made this statement. Over the last couple of sessions, we have lost control of the House because people with an R by their name has joined with the Democrat majority. My opponent has already stated that he will do that. So I will not. I stood my ground. He accused me of choosing to be in a minority. I chose to hold my ground and stay with my Republican values. And he has made a statement that he will go to the Democratic majority side if that's what happens. Yeah. So, uh, and well, there, there it is, folks. There's your other distinction that. I know that conservatives around the state find just ridiculously frustrating when somebody campaigns as one thing and does another. And I think that that's the most frustrating thing that folks have with politicians. They are campaigning that they're all about freedom, yet they force government mask mandates down people's throats. They're campaigning that they're Republican, yet they're saying, oh, you know, I'll just go caucus with the Democrats. That's the frustrating part for, I think, a lot of folks that are involved in politics and that vote is they constantly see these types of folks saying one thing and doing another. And so we would have a lot more respect for you if you just love the fact that you love government mandates and Witten uh, switch parties, if you're already going to caucus with the other party to begin with, uh, but you like to play on both sides of the ticket. So anyways, thanks for, thanks for throwing that last little tidbit. And, um, until next time, I'm John Quick signing off. Thank you so much for joining us, Representative Ron Gillum. All right. Thanks for the opportunity, John. Yeah. Talk to you.